I had fried food for lunch. Oh, this is the show. Hi, John. How's it going? Why is this the show? How is this the show? Because it's, you've got to start somewhere with your goddamn cockamamie pre-flight. I don't it's have any momentum. Mine. You requested it. I did that? You said, let's do a pre-flight. And I said, that's a good idea. It's a thing I do on other shows. So yes, right. I endorse it and I okay. and I provide it. I bring I, it. And I, I, apologize, I apologize to the listeners and I apologize to you. I got it wrong again. I, um, I, uh, yeah, I had fried food for lunch. So, and I, I did have a nap, but you can know. You, can you be more specific about the fried food? Yes. Please do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on my do not call list. Is it yet, from Kentucky? No, it's from Louisiana. Wait, well, what's Pop, fried Popeyes. food? Is, is, is Popeyes from Louisiana, really? Love that chicken from Popeyes. We recognize that like New Orleans uh, sound. I don't think we, if we have Popeyes around here, I don't know about it. I wonder if, does Popeyes extend into New England? No, see, you get, this is the thing. We, I would swap you some Popeyes for some Howl's. I'm very envious of your, of your fizzy water options. It's very, very costly mm. for me to get Howl's uh, extra fizzy seltzer here. No, I don't know. I'm, I, I, we had Popeyes in Florida. We had it in Tallahassee. I had it at my uh, Brady's Bits. Uh, my mom bought, bought uh, Popeyes to have at my... Thesis defense, uh, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> at my coronation, <laughs> at the coronation of the young prince. <laughs> I did a Google for Popeye's locations, and I and I found a website, and it's got a list of these are Massachusetts Popeye's locations, but it says Popeye's restaurants. I'm like, wait a second. It's not a restaurant. I'm like, do they consider themselves a restaurant? I know it is, like, technically. I, when I worked at McDonald's, I first, uh, 1984, if memory serves, that was the first time I ever heard what I considered a restaurant referred to as a store. Which, in terms of like internal jargon, tells you something, because you know it's really kind of more like a yeah. Best Buy, you know, than like a uh, Brown Derby. So there is one. There is a, a Popeyes in Boston. It's in Northeastern. Um, there's one in Braintree, Brockton, Chelmsford, Chicopee, Everett. Blah blah blah. Not one really close to me. You know what might weird you out? Not so much for your personal taste, but just for reality. Is like we have a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> as far as I know, in Daly City, like south of here. But like, it's so, it's so comical to me. Like, what are, it's become like a running joke in the family whenever we travel to, uh, you know, Rhode Island or Massachusetts. Um, I was like, oh, hey, check it out. We're near, we're near a Dunkin' Donuts. And because and, my kid loves Dunkin' Donuts. And of course, the joke is I think pretty much everything is near a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, I think I have uh, I have two Dunkin' Donuts within walking distance of my house, which doesn't sound impressive if you live in a city, but I don't. I'm in a suburb. No, so no, totally. I, they seem like they've really pivoted to drinks as their primary thing. When we were there for the COVID vacation, uh, where, where I pushed that poor woman, um, that we uh, we went there for iced coffee. I'm a big iced coffee boy. I, I learned it from watching my wife, and uh, but it seems like they're the donuts, at least in uh, Barrington. Uh, the donuts are getting kind of short shrift compared to the drinks. Seems to me. Maybe there's more. I bet there. I bet there's more money in it. I think it's been that way for a while. I I just sent you a Google Maps screenshot. Uh, okay. Which for OPSEC reasons won't be in the show notes. But uh, my house is in the center of that map. Those red pips. Those are. Oh my donuts. god! You're kidding me. <laughs> and remember, this. I'm not in a city here. Like maybe a no, city. No, no, no. I get it. I, I get it. I get <laughs> this it. This is, is crazy. <gasps> oh man, that's a lot of Duncan. You know, America rides on Duncan. Just look how many there are along that big yellow road going from left to right and the top. Yeah. Just you yeah. can just drive down the road. Dunk, 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 dunk. <laughs> like you can every... all, yeah, you can almost do like a like a pub crawl 
like a, a donut <laughs> donut waddle. You, you would you would die if you tried to hit every Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> along any route anywhere. What do you? Uh, what do you? Uh, in terms of uh, donuts, what do you? I also just want to say in passing, it seems to me that New England is a big donut culture. Uh, there's some donut culture here. Donut culture here skews more toward uh, uh, the Chinese population. They make a lot of the. Uh, they have a lot of the donut joints that are like local places. But it looks like it seems, it seems like uh, donut country. When you go to a Dunkin' Donuts, uh, w- excluding what your what your family wants, what what do you get? Uh, maybe it will surprise you to learn that in general, I don't go to Dunkin' Donuts. I can't remember the last time I was physically inside a Dunkin' Donuts. That would be like me been... going and get like a bread bowl with chowder in it. Like it's just doesn't come up that often. I think it's maybe at least a decade. What more than that since I've been inside Dunkin' Donuts? No. Come on. Now, okay, now let's let's not say things we both know aren't true. You know, like pretty... when, our, when our family gets together, freaking everybody's carrying it's it's like the Parks and Rec thing with the soft drinks. People carrying these like a quart of of creamy drink. I mean, all the I time. don't leave, I don't leave the house, so please factor that into. That's true. This, That's a good point. Right? Now, my wife, my wife does like Dunkin' Donuts, and she okay. definitely has been in Dunkin' Donuts recently and occasionally brings donuts back to the house so the main the main reason donuts enter the house is someone who is not me has a has a craving for them and they must be gotten and then they are gotten and when they are gotten all right i do make my requests known what i normally want and what i asked for last time and did not get was a chocolate donut and what came back was like a like a donut with chocolate frosting on it like no uh okay so this is partly i think this might be uh, a wording problem. At least I find it confusing. Mm-hmm. What you're describing, what you got was, I believe, the same as my favorite donut as a kid, which is what I would call a glazed donut with chocolate icing. Mm-hmm. Whereas sure. I think what you want, what you as a guarantee, what you want is, I believe, is called a uh, is it called a chocolate glaze. The ones that are kind of nubbly, they're uh, more cakey, cho- more cakey. Chocolate donut. That's all. That's yeah, yeah, all yeah. I but they're but they got they have like a. They have a whitish kind of kind of jizzy glaze on them, and they're like, but they're just like more cakey than airy. I'm not, that's not quite the phrase that I would use, but yeah, chocolate. Yeah, no, you're right. Technically, okay. <laughs> that's a good ass donut. I like. I you know what? I, well, I, I well, we have a lot to talk about this week, so we don't want to go on about donuts because mm-hmm. <laughs> neither of us like them that much. But I, there's another there's another variety of ways. This is gonna surprise you, John Syracuse. I think there's a number of ways in which I am misapprehended by my family, part because my family doesn't understand me, but also because my family has an old and outdated idea of me. Um, and, and sometimes the spirit is is willing uh, if the flesh is weak. Like, for example, I don't like going to things, but I go to a lot of things when I have to go somewhere or choose to go somewhere. And yet, very 2000s, early 2000s, mid-2000s ideas of me continue to emerge. Like a photo will come up on the Google Hub and I'll go, oh, remember when we did that thing? And my daughter, my sweet daughter, will say, you weren't there. And I go, what are you talking about? I wasn't there. Of course I was there. Because I think she's got this rounding error where she thinks I just don't go to anything, which is not accurate. But the other thing that they misapprehend me about is that one of the reasons I don't eat a lot of things like donuts is, I don't want to say I have a problem, but I, it's sort of like Lay's potato chips, like they used to say. I don't really have one donut. I have all the donuts. (laughs) Last week, well, over the course of a week, I ate over three quarters of a fancy cheesecake by myself. I'm not talking about a Sara Lee. I weighed it. It weighs six pounds. We had a (laughs) six-pound cheesecake, like a fancy one from like a nice place. You know, the kind like real tall. 
And uh, and uh, and I discovered uh, my daughter sometimes makes icing, so she made a frosting, which as you call frosting, and you can you can pour that right on onto your cheesecake. So it's not that I dislike cheesecake; it's not that I dislike donuts. It's just that if you get it, I will have all of it, and that does not make me feel good. Much like the Louisiana chicken is kind of putting a hurting on my brain and my body right now. Hmm. Yeah. Garbage uh, in, garbage out is what we say in the industry. I was just looking at the Dunkin' Donuts website to find the the technical name of the kind of donut that I want, because I just always call it chocolate. Oh, yeah. Um, and apparently, uh, now here's the amazing thing. The Dunkin' Donuts website does not have pictures of the donuts. There's a pop-up menu where you can pick the, name, the names of flavors, but what? the picture doesn't change. Oh, come on. So, yeah. So, so I had to do an image search. And when I did an image search, what I came up with was chocolate glazed. Chocolate glaze, because I think chocolate is too, is probably too general. Now, I did a search for Dunkin' Donuts chocolate, and I got a picture of my childhood donut. I ha- it's only the sixth photo that has the jizzy thing. This is called, this is the best tasting, oh God, why do people, I hate blogs. We tried 12 donuts from Dunkin', and this is the best one. Good job, Julia. Uh, yeah, uh, what do they say? They say, yeah, oh, look at that. Oh, there's lots of photos in somebody's hand. Blueberry, Boston cream. I, I used to, Tom was, I'd go ham on a Boston cream. And now that was, that was eighth grade, that was my favorite donut. And now, oh, goodness me, one bite of that. Chocolate glaze. That, that, now eat this, not that, uh, declares chocolate glaze to be the best Dunkin'. Yeah, it's just my preference. Like, I like a lot of the other ones too. I just, yeah. I grew up uh, having them at school. We'd have, we get the, the munchkins at school when elementary school oh, and stuff. Oh, yes. Of course, little donut, donut holes. Yeah. And they, yeah. Get them chocolate too. Those are, those are good. Those. You know what? I, I like a powdered one of those when I was a kid. I would enjoy a powdered one. Powdered for a second. Uh, this is, this chocolate. is something that a uh, friend of the show, John Roderick, and I'm pretty sure we've discussed, or if we haven't, we probably will. Um, uh, you know, there's a, there's a word that's come into my parlance in the last few years that I use a lot the word cute. I think donuts, like a lot of things, people get cute. And there's something, there's probably a name for this. If there is, don't tell me. But I think there's a thing that happens where somebody goes, oh, can you go pick up bagels? Could you go get a, get pizza for the, you know, for the meeting? Could you get donuts for the meeting? And I think people get cute and they order food like it's not food. Here's the thing. And we know this. This is known. If you're getting pizza for children, there will be kids who won't eat pizza. You can't help them. But there are kids, kids will want cheese pizza or they will want pepperoni pizza. Do not get a Hawaiian pizza for children. Somebody might eat it, but there's a lot of people who won't eat it. Whereas with donuts, if you get glazed donuts, there's not that many people that will not eat a glazed donut. If you get too cute about it and you get like sassafras and carmadin because you, cardamom? Cardamom. Some (laughs) crappy thing like my wife puts in her coffee. She makes like orange coffee. She makes like Thai things and it's very like turmeric and stuff. Don't get cute. If you're getting food for a group, get food. You're not buying variety. You're buying food. Do you know what I'm saying? We had a we had a large scale sort of kind of you know like the science fiction movies where there's like these the scientists that are doing an experiment on unwitting civilians and just like observing them dispassionately while they tear each other apart over something or other other right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had that. This is at, at my office back when we went to the office many years ago. Um, and we had a thing where every Friday they would get donuts. I think this was a tradition that started when our company was much, much smaller, right? But as time went on, the tradition continued because who's going to be the person to get rid of Donut Friday or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Oh, it's like a, it's like a legacy holiday. <laughs> right. I mean, because you don't want to be... It doesn't make you popular to get rid <laughs> no, of it. No, no, no. But eventually, like, we're like hundreds of people in the office. Like, it's a big office. We have multiple buildings, hundreds of people in the office. We were bringing in donuts just like 
I don't know if they came in on pallets or like it was just it was like an industrial thing. Like we were, we were, I, I think I saw like what the bill was like for every <laughs> Has Friday. To be somebody many, from a union to deliver and set it up. <laughs> how, how many thousands upon thousands of dollars we would spend on donuts? It was it was ridiculous. And you can imagine when you're doing anything at large scale. First of all, the donut place must have loved us. It wasn't Duncan. It was uh, some other local place. Um, but the like eventually people became like wolves, right? Like they didn't know the donuts were coming and they'd be lined up and they'd be there with their plates because they want to get, that. everyone wants, has some flavor that they have in mind that they want God to get. God forbid we get the donuts that people want. No, it has to be like the experiment, right? Well, well here's the thing. What, everyone goes in and they're like, oh, you got to get there early because if you don't get that early, like all that will be left is insert undesirable flavor X. Right. And so the experiment that we ran was like the cardamom and turmeric. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Like we're a bunch of web developers. I don't know why we couldn't make a website for this. But like inevitably what would happen is the wolves would descend. There would be like like the like those scenes in uh, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Right. I'm imagining when they do the drop um, on Escape from New York. Yeah. And and then and then people would disperse. And what you'd have left is essentially like 75 of some flavor of donut that nobody wanted. <laughs> but then also then I can just see the expressions. It almost feels like something from I think you should leave. I just see like six guys with clip-on ties just like staring dead-eyed at each other about the final part of this desperate sad showdown. You know what I mean? And, and what would happen is people people would like they'd go oh and they'd go back to their desks. But then they'd circle back <laughs> and it's like how hungry are you for donuts? Are you going to eat the coconut donut that nobody wants or are you not going to eat the coconut donut? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Wants a and, coconut donut, and the people, and Marco the people probably, would Marco circ- would probably like the, a coconut donut. The people would just keep circling back. Like there was also other things, like this weird-looking cake. There was also the whole gluten-free <laughs> file pile. There it was really the vegan is like an pile. experiment, John. Like, how much do you want a donut? Do you want a donut enough to try this vegan donut, right? Or do you not want it that much? And it was, and so, and after that experience of like people returning and returning, eventually someone has to come and clean up the giant mess and th- end up throwing out 57 coconut donuts and 25 <laughs> vegan donuts, right? Yes. Right? Yes. Right? And so, and what happens is, and then the emails start. When you get donuts <laughs> oh, next no. time, oh. when you get donuts next time, get more of flavor X and less of flavor Y. Every month there is tons of flavor Y left over. Why are we getting so many vegan donuts? I know some people want them, but apparently not enough to eat all the donuts. <laughs> and, and, and this would go on for years. Like, we could never get the ratio of donuts to people right. We could never figure out. There's got to like, be a lesson. So- There's got to be a lesson in that about something. I mean, it reminds me of what, remember in the, the, the David Siegel, the web design guy, and he would talk about the difference between being, I forget what he called it, but in, in, I think in the second book, God, I love those books. The second one was where I think where he talks about like the, the, the classic problem for the boutique, well, which is a fancy way of saying like a small design firm, that you're always, you're either, you've got too much work or not enough work and they so very mm-hmm. rarely line up. And I wonder if that's an instance of, of fighting, you know, fighting the last donut war. You know, we're like, oh, well, you know, that's right. Sandra, Sandra moved to, uh, to to Brainerd, so like, we don't need to get the vegan ones or not as many. Oh no. Yeah, and like the cinnamon donuts, the orange donuts, the one with apple this things the, on top, John, the weird ex- cake you, things. You understand? It's exactly what I'm describing. They got cute. Yeah, somebody no, got I know. cute. And and but it, but it's modified by people's desperation for donuts. But obviously, everyone goes for the good flavors first. But eventually, all that's left is like. The cinnamon, the apple fritter, the orange, the, you know, the the pineapple, the coconut. And then of those, you're like, oh, how much do I want a donut? And you see it gets whittled down to like the least desirable donuts. And then you go back there two hours later and whatever's left, you're like, look, these must be really terrible. And still people come back and look at them and go, 
eh, not that hungry. And they, and they go away and they come back an hour later and like, eh, not. and then by the end of the day, someone's like, fine, I'm having a coconut donut and it tastes terrible and they regret it. Yeah. And they send an angry email. And so we iterated on this process for years and years and we got better. We had less waste. We tried to get it closer to what people wanted, but it was never possible. That's the trade-off, though, because in order to get things that are 80% capable of satisfying, quote-unquote, everyone, which in a large, large group is crazy. It's like the opposite of the birthday problem. Like, it's just, in order, you would have to get so many, your margin of error would have to be, in terms of variety and volume, because if you got six of everything... Somebody would get a bite of something, but we're not cutting these up like bagel slices. People want a personal yeah. donut. Being being off by like a fraction of a percent meant 50 donuts. Like it was, the problem was that it was like the scale was just <laughs> so, so huge. So CGP great calls the law and, of large donuts. Yeah. 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 And, and the really <laughs> terrible part was we had problems on both ends. On the one end oh was the, des- the desirable ones looked like they were gone within 30 seconds. And on the other end, people felt like, where we have all this like loss like it's, it's not like all the donuts are gone in 30 seconds all the good donuts are gone in 30 seconds it's not really 30 seconds it was like five minutes oh, but yeah. imagine it's just a huge but if you were, if you were late to the meeting there's a pretty good chance you That's might not get the like, one you want it, yeah it was like you know it's, it's nobody goes there anymore it's too crowded you'd go up there and there'd be a mob of people and it would take you 15 minutes to get to the donut table and by the time you got there it's just a bunch of like also people started cutting them in half and then they would make a big mess <laughs> suddenly of cutting and it was just <laughs> helicopter takes off people are grabbing at the pond <laughs> yeah you know if anything, yeah. the uh, the work from home thing, uh, you know, revolution has been a blessing to just, you know, make Donut Fridays much less fraught because now no one's there to see them. I know we have follow up, but one last thing on this. Uh, I'm going to actually tonight I will start a text file. It's going to be just for things that need a name. Um, and this is something my wife and I have bonded over periodically for 20 years. And I'm, I'm wondering if you ever, well, I don't know if you're a chocolate fan, but, you know, little kids love chocolate. And we both had this same experience, and I'm wondering if it's, if not universal, at least widespread. So you're a kid, and you're a latchkey kid, and you're at home, and there's never the food that you want. You know, you've eaten all the Stouffer's dinners. Mom said you ate all those too fast. The Cokes are gone. The chips are gone. And you're like, you're just, you're standing there, and like, like my daughter, just staring into the refrigerator in this extremely passive-aggressive way, just staring into the refrigerator. And, um, and then you notice on the door, which probably isn't where you should store it, but on the door... <clears throat> wrapped up real tight is uh, a quarter of a block of Baker's chocolate. And you look at it and you go, you son of a bitch, you do this to me all the time. I'm not going to, and it's Charlie Brown and Lucy all over again. You're like, you're not going to get me this time. And then you come back three more times and passive aggressively stare into there. And then you open it up, you carefully open it up like freaking Charlie bucket and you take out and it's, it's white. The, the phrase my family used to use, they'd say that chocolate looks played. <laughs> and so you take the plate chocolate and, and you take a bite of it and it's Baker's chocolate and you know it's Baker's chocolate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And to say that it's bitter is a disservice to dark chocolate. This is not, there's no sweetness in it because it's Baker's chocolate. And, but you keep doing it and, and that's kind of me and Popeye's. It's, it was definitely <laughs> me and chocolate. I know I shouldn't get this, John, but like I know, but I also know I need to fuel, I need to feed, fuel and feed my, my nap. So I figured it can't be too bad. I only had... I had half of my sandwich and part of a piece of chicken and some red beans and rice, and I still wanted to die. So basically, I'm still looking. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still chomping on the played chocolate. Did you? Did you have? Did you? First of all, specifically, did you? Well, generally, did you have a bet noir along the lines of a baker's chocolate, or specifically, did you ever find yourself returning to the baker's chocolate against uh, what the the, the scientific experiment had proven before? 
I am very familiar with the phenomenon and attraction of Baker's chocolate as a child. Uh, I think I only tried to to actually eat it once, but the longing was there because it's it was essentially so, John. It's so unfair. It looks like a giant candy bar. There's chocolate in the refrigerator that nobody ever eats, and you it's know like, why nobody eats it. But then you take a bite of it, and you're like, "What if chocolate? How can you do me like this? Why was it in the fridge? The ours was always in the cabinet. Um, Maybe but, it's like a butter family thing." Yeah, our, our baking truck was always in the cabinet, which made it even more palatable because it's not hard. Like, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. it looks huge. It looked like the biggest, thickest chocolate bar you can imagine. And yes, I did try to eat it once when I was young, but after that, I was very angry about the fact that it was there. And we never had chocolate <laughs> God in our house. We didn't, damn it. <laughs> we didn't have chocolate bars in our house at all. No, uh, but we, we well, did we, have, we, we yeah, did have we did baking not. chocolate always in the house. Um, oh, because they knew it was safe. I mean, it would be mm-hmm. like, it would be like, you know, keeping a hundred dollar bill covered with poop and a brandy snifter. It might as well have been a can of peanut brittle with a stink in it. <laughs> this episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. Mm. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. I will never tire of talking about Squarespace. I'll, I'm going to keep personally running this ad until each one of you people gets a Squarespace. You got to get it. And and you know why? I'm going to tell you why. It's the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and to run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace has got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and to make your ideas a reality. Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start with a professionally designed template and use simple drag-and-drop tools to make it your own. And of course, you can customize the look and feel, the settings, the products that you have on sale, all this and more with just a few little clicks. It's hardly any clicks at all. And all Squarespace websites are optimized for mobile, as Mike Hurley says. Your content automatically adjusts so it will look great on any device. Now, what are you going to use it for? You use it for whatever you want. It's Squarespace. Where's my bell? You turn your big idea into a new website. You can showcase your work with their incredible portfolio designs, publish your next blog post, promote your business announce an upcoming event. You get free unlimited hosting, okay? Top-of-the-line security and dependable resources that will help you in particular succeed. Of course, there's nothing to patch or upgrade ever. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever get in a jam. And they'll even let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. They will ensure that it is unique. That's the Squarespace promise. Plus, you'll have everything you need for SEO and email marketing to get your ideas out there. I'm a huge fan of Squarespace. I've been with them since Christ was a corporal. Been around forever. And it's it's where, for example, I put my personal sites and the Roderick Online podcast. Love Squarespace. So do me a favor right now. Go head out to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. That's going to get you a free trial, okay? No credit card required. When you're ready to launch, use that offer code diffs because it's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a unique domain name. Squarespace.com slash diffs. And when you decide to sign up, use that code diffs. I'll say it again. Get you 10% off your first purchase. And it so shows your support for John. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I'm mostly here for Squarespace. John can take care of himself. <sighs> Thanks, Squarespace. And, and thank you for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. John, welcome back. This is your show, Reconcilable Differences. Uh, it's a program uh, that we do. And, mm-hmm. uh, and this is one of our weeks where we have uh, 
have some extra stuff for our beloved supporters, which I choose to look at them as supporters. You can look however you want. You look at them as probably flying monkeys. You know, have a little fire scarecrow, right? Um, and this is one of the weeks where we're going to have some bonus content. We're going to talk for a little while about some things. And then um, uh, are we, we have agreed on something to talk about after. Something you told me about, if memory serves. Yep. Uh, it, it, although we always like announce what's going to be in the after show to try to tell oh, people shoot. like, oh, you should become a member so you can get to, to listen to this thing in the after show. I think we're uh, we're batting over 500, but our yeah. batting average is not great about actually talking about the thing we plan to talk about. But look, this is all just live. Like we're we're doing it live, right? Well, my only hint is to tell you how much I love my wee fingers. Yeah. Uh, I wish I should have gotten some <laughs> clips so I could do the accent. We're going to talk about the, uh, the it's a Netflix show, right? The Netflix show Dairy Girls, um, yeah, which I think yeah. I've seen all the way through three times now. You I killed like it Merlin. again. I mean, certainly the first one of these, well, I don't know if it was the first one, an early one was The Leftovers for John Syracuse. Oh, no, it's going to lapse into calm. And, and John says to me, <laughs> and I says to him, I says to myself, he <laughs> tied me to the radiator with my own shoelaces. <laughs> but you, uh, so John Syracuse says to me, he says, uh, you should check out this show, The Leftovers. And I said, hey, I'll give it a spin. And now it's my favorite TV show. You recommended Dairy Girls. And I, I, mean, I don't even remember what the context was for it, but I think you were just like, oh, you I, know, you I was on it. my third rewatch of it because my daughter asked to see it again. She was on her second rewatch of it, which is not a thing that we do in our house, but uh, it's a thing that you do at your house. Oh, I, it's so rare that I get my kid hooked on something. I mean, obviously, there's there's always sunny what we do in the shadows, all of our regular rotation stuff. Back in the day, Parks and Rec in the office. But like <clears throat> she was, and this, we, we had a lot working against us because my kid plays a lot of Genshin Impact and I cannot get her to enjoy anything that's a visual medium. I'm not even going to show her Andalusian dog until she's ready to put down her goddamn phone. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stuff that's visual. I want you to watch these Czech New Wave films, but you're you're trying to get your your child upgraded. <sighs> and And, but... Even working against us with uh, it's another country, I have to explain what the troubles are. She's vaguely aware of the troubles, but wh- why are there? Who are these soldiers? Why are they on the bus? <laughs> but like, we were part way, and just like me, one at a time, the dominoes fell. She fell in love with every character in the show, and by the third episode, she joined me in saying, "I really, really, really like the nun." It's like, oh my god, it's. It was anyway. If, if well, we might talk about that in our in our member episode, whatever it'll be, it'll be good. But John, uh, spoiler alert, John killed it with this one. Or, or at the very least, there will be more of the show that you get to hear if you are a member. So if you want to become a member, go to relay.fm slash rd slash join. Uh, oh, you or saved just, it. Thank you. You saved that yeah. one. Or relay.fm slash rd. Anyway, that, that's when you can become a member. I might start a show just to talk about Orla. Oh, my God. Well, she's spraying herself with the bottle. She's waving the French flag. She's always eating or doing something weird. And I love Orla so much. All right. Save it for the after show. John, we have some um, some follow up this week. You want to kick things off with uh, some LED light follow up? We do. Uh, first bit is from Sean Harding. We talked about LED can lights I, can last I quickly time. Just, can I quickly just mention? We discovered if y'all didn't catch it last time, I don't know what John thinks about this. I think he's somewhat stunning, coinky dink, as my grandmother would say. A stunning coinky dink is that uh, I guess it's partly that John and I have a similar lighting need in terms of a kind of light that we need. And then further to that, we have similar sort of constraints. We discovered two weeks ago that you and I were shopping for the same LED fluorescent T8 replacement bulbs. 
I think, in the same week as the other person. And for me, I was a flyer out of nowhere. Find an mm-hmm. LED that's dimmable, that's not 5,000K. And it, like, it was just a funny thing where like, it's sort of like the Teen Whisper Network you've described. Mm-hmm. Like Somehow we both found ourselves needing roughly almost exactly the same light. And we were lamenting the, the choices, lamenting the trade-offs, lamenting i was lamenting the difficulty of just the whole shopping process of like trying especially especially someplace like amazon but also home depot like trying to get four to six factors searchable and comparable without the interface barfing and and you ending up back on sylvania that's that's where it started and you, you this is in your computer room this is in my private office we want we want nicer lighting yeah and one of the hang-ups was uh we, uh, we introduced the idea of CRI, which is like color rendering index or something. And I wanted high CRI, but I also wanted the bulb to be warm and I couldn't find it. So Sean Harding says, don't let anyone and, and tell right, you. you want your lumens. Yes. Don't let anyone tell you that a warmer color temperature is incompatible with high CRI. For example, I use these bulbs for art lighting and such, and they come in 95 plus CRI down to 2700 K. So we'll put a link in the show notes to these light bulbs that Sean Harding's use. They aren't tubes, unfortunately. John, this is like sous vide. This is like sous vide cooking to me where like this undoes because like when I first tried to do sous vide cooking and I thought I could wing it instead of spending two weeks unlearning everything I've ever known about cooking where I I somehow successfully made an egg that had a soft yolk and a very basically I made reverse eggs because I was doing sous vide wrong. You're telling me you can get a warm, relatively bright, good color representation light that you, there's not, there's some trade-offs, but not all the trade-offs. Yeah. And again, these aren't tube lights, so they don't actually help us. Well, we were looking for specifically just, just plain bulbs, but apparently it is possible, which is the thing we were wondering about. This is the kind I have in our track lighting at home, but we have the yeah. Hue version of these at home. Yep. Uh, and so the next bit of follow-up is about me wanting, I was looking for like something that had the same light output as my fluorescence, like their 2950 lumens supposedly, and I couldn't find any LED replacements that could match that. So Justin Weesey says, one thing you need to consider about LED tube retrofits is they are directional sources. What he means by that is like, mm-hmm. if you buy one of these, like it's, it looks like a fluorescent tube, but it's not fluorescent inside it are little LEDs. All the little LEDs are like on a strip facing straight down, right? Uh, right. You're not, says, you're not wasting, you're not wasting any, any watts or lumens shooting to the ceiling. Right. Uh, Justin says the original fluorescent tubes cast light in 365, 360 degrees. Uh, they lose light bouncing around inside the fixture and bouncing back into the tube. An estimate for light loss often used is 80%. See here for details. We'll put another link in the show notes to a PDF that you can read about this. Uh, and he says, and yes, blue LEDs are more efficient than warmer colors. The 3000K are using more phosphor to achieve that color than a 4000K, less, thus lighting through fewer lumens per watt. Finally, 80 plus CRI is sufficient for most spaces, just not for men separating blue and black socks. Your, <laughs> your phone's flashlight can help. TCP and Keystone are good, other good brands to consider. So the light bouncing around and going in different directions, I could see uh, how that could make an LED thing with uh, technically lower lumen output work as well. But part of the thing I like out of both the bulb and the fixture in my particular room, because I just have the one fixture, is I want it to be in all directions. Just being directional straight down is worse for me. That, Obviously, that's, that, the, that's the, the situation I was trying to describe of feeling like you're being interrogated by the police. Yeah. You know, if you, if you have, the, I think the secret to happiness in life above all other things is to have many lamps, lighting sources, or as you say, lamps, many lamps with lower, what we used to call lower wattage bulbs. 
as against, if you have to choose between having five lamps with 60 watt bulbs versus having, you know, uh, I guess two light bulbs that are 150 above, you get those harsh shadows. You know, it looks a little bit film noir, the lighting. Uh, and But you do give some away. But yeah, no, this, again, this is like sous vide where like I'm having to unlearn a lot of stuff. Like take the word watt out of your vocabulary, except as regards, if, if um, obviously energy usage is a concern, whether or not it's your primary concern, you won't worry about the lumens and worry about, you know what I mean? Like those kinds of things. And if you get a warm bulb, you're going to lose some lumens pound for pound. Yeah, and directional directionality and diffusion. Like obviously the bulbs, you know, even though they have the LEDs pointing down, they have a thing that wraps around them that diffuses it. And of course the, the fixture itself might diffuse it more. So I don't actually know how much the directionality would factor in here. But uh, I do think that the fact that fluorescents shine in all directions, some of that light is lost bouncing around and not getting to anybody's eyeballs. But mm-hmm. some of it is also going out sideways and, and diffusing to the other sides of the fixture or whatever. Anyway, bottom line is I still have fluorescents in here. But I will continue to keep my eye out. And we had some good follow-up with some good links and information. <clears throat> well, let me, I, I'm probably not going to be a specific canary in your specific coal mine, but I've already, uh, in, in flagrant disregard of John's uh, edicts on this matter, I put a couple links uh, in show notes for the bulbs I'm taking a flyer on. We say bulbs, tubes. Do you call them bulbs? I, don't I just know. feel I mean, like that's confusing. Ballast, non-ballast, plug and play. Oh boy, there's a lot to learn. I took a flyer and I got a pack of four of one kind, a pack of four of the other, and I'm going to at least they weren't costly, <clears throat> and so I thought I so as of at least tomorrow as we record this, I'll have received uh, those. So by the next time we record, I'll have some hopefully have some follow up on the success or failure of my results. So speaking of eating uh, or being tempted by Baker's chocolate as a thing you did as a kid that was inadvisable, how about this one? Can you relate to this at all? Finding fluorescent tube bulbs in a dumpster with your friend and deciding you're going to have a lightsaber fight with them? No, lightsabers, absolutely. That inevitably ends with you deciding, okay, now we're going to do it and actually hit them against each other, which of course causes them to shatter in your hands, spraying probably mercury dust into our noses or whatever. Unbelievable. Yes. First of all, don't play sword fight with things in the garbage. That's a, I mean, I guess you could have a, you could have a stick fight in the woods, less one does, mm-hmm. but no, that's a really, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, for my first thought, of course, is the shattering glass. No, we totally did this. We yeah. totally did that. And, and like inside, not halogen, but yeah, probably mercury. It's not good. There's going to be something from the periodic table that's going to be all, all over your boy. Yeah, I think, aren't we the last generation to have, have been brain damaged by leaded gasoline? And maybe we're also the last generation to inhale whatever terrible uh, heavy metal dust come out of shattering fluorescent bulbs. I wasn't listening when you said that. Um, no, I, I don't know. That's a good question. My VW, my van, well, this tells you something about 1988. Uh, I bought a, my well VW bus, for those interested. 1970 VW bus, pre-Porsche engines, totally air-cooled, quote-unquote, um, uh, boy, it was great. Pop up, one of the pop up ones. Oof, it was right between the two models. Was well, not a van again. It's like an actual classic VW bus. Um, I bought it for like eleven hundred dollars in like mint condition from this this older couple who was awesome. Um, that used lighted gas that I could still get in nineteen hundred and eighty eight. I was thinking mostly of just us growing up as kids with pe- with old cars oh. that used leaded gas spewing fumes and we're breathing them in, causing our formative years to warp our brains into the terrible shape that they're in. I wonder, I do wonder, like one time we got one of those Walgreens tests for testing your bathtub 
And we only did that once because I didn't want to know anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah. our kid is just, we're like, listen, go get some Baker's chocolate, but do not, do not lick daddy's tub. Yeah. Don't eat the paint. Was that, I think it was a, was it a Penny Arcade strip? Had, the, had some a joke about leaded paint and, uh, did you eat paint as a kid? And the, the other character says, you mean wall candy? <laughs> <laughs> This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Doppler. You can learn more about Doppler right now by visiting doppler.com slash L slash diffs. Friends, the scary days of configuring, managing, and sharing secrets across different teams and clouds. Well, those days are over. Introducing Doppler, the first universal secrets platform that enables developers to automate the pain away of managing secrets and ENV files. Doppler is your team's central source of truth for secrets and app config across all environments and clouds. Whether those secrets are in Docker, AWS, Vercel, Serverless, or anywhere else, Doppler works where you work. And as your stack evolves, Doppler remains simple. More than 11,000 customers across all company sizes, from startups to enterprises, use Doppler. So they can keep their secrets and app configuration in sync across devices, environments, and team members. So say goodbye to .env files and set up Doppler for your team in less than four minutes. You can go and sign up right now. Now, please listen closely. You're going to go to Doppler.com, D-O-P-P-L-E-R.com, slash L, lowercase L, slash diffs. Now, you're a developer. You can deal with this kind of stuff. It's Doppler.com, slash L, slash diffs. All over case, please go there now. Our thanks to Doppler for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. Oh boy, uh, talk about the third rail, John. I I, I don't know because like this is one of those origami topics. That if it, it this could be a topic, it could certainly I guess be a mini topic to put this <clears throat> under follow up. Feels a little bit ambitious, but I am as they say here for it. I'm going to tell you, I know we don't talk about what we text, but uh, I, I think I told you that I don't think I've ever looked more forward to the nominal topics of an episode than this week's. Um, and one of them is, I heard you boys talking about this on ATP, Sony is making a Q, uh, Q, Q OLED? Is that what it's called? No, what's it called? So close. QD OLED. QD OLED. And as we know, John's never going to buy a TV. I've already, I've got, I've got a contract up on predicted right now <laughs> that you will have been dead for 25 to 40 years before you buy a TV. Like your estate might get you a TV just to like remember P-pop, but you will never buy a TV. It's really weird. I've bought two TVs and I'm not, I'm not a spendthrift. That's over like four years that I, I've been friends with you, something like that. And uh, based on your advice, which is usually not particularly helpful because we're so different about this, but I bought two TVs in that amount of time. I think you bought no TV. You got a free Trinitron from an in-law, I think, that you kept in the finish. You kept it in the, fin- in the, fin- a in the finish room. Coworker friend. Uh, no, yeah, that wasn't in the finish room. But anyway, that was a long time ago. I'm not looking at a CRT now. I have, I have free no to go for TV. a sauna. But John, you talked about this. Uh, and something close to like, this is intriguing to you, this technology. And, uh, I think we've, yeah, we've talked here about Sony and their innovative ways of, uh, putting, putting a TV in, into your otherwise mostly empty house. What's going on with Sony TVs? So, uh, Sony, like, as you said, has a, a QD OLED, which is an improvement on plain old OLED for, with a bunch of stuff that I talked about in ATP that I'll talk about a little bit here. But the bottom line is, you know, every year when new TVs come out, I say, is this the year? 
<laughs> is this the year that I'm going to get one? Let's look at what the new TVs are. Well, it seems like it starts out as, is this the year where I should start paying even more attention than I normally do to like, you know, wet your finger and stick it up in the air to know, like, am I even getting, am I making closer concentric circles to a TV I can live with? I mean, every year I'm there with intent to buy, but mm -hmm. sometimes I say, eh, they, you know, they haven't improved much since last year, or there's some new standard coming out that all these, these TVs support in a half-ass way or don't support at all. I just have to wait a little bit longer. I, I think I probably would have bought one last year, if not for the fact that uh, AV receivers uh, like across the whole industry had, or not across the whole industry, but a whole bunch of AV receivers, the ones that supported HDMI 2.1, all had apparently the same bug that caused them not to be able to properly support 4K resolution at 120 uh, hertz. So you That's a pretty big bug. Yeah, and it was, and it, it affected multiple manufacturers, right? And 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 this was the first year, by the way, <laughs> HDMI 2.1 receivers were available. So it's like finally HDMI 2.1 receivers are here. Because, you know, again, if I get a TV, I have to also get a receiver because nothing in my system understands even 4K, right? So I got I got to get everything from top to bottom, and I do have and use a receiver with surround sound and all that other stuff, right? So I mm -hmm. need a receiver, and I probably would have bought a TV last year if it wasn't for the HDMI 2.1 bug. The worst thing about the HDMI 2.1 bug is they fixed it about mid-year, some of them with a firmware update, some of them with a dongle that you attach, some of them will come to your house and swap out a board in your receiver, depending on how badly affected they were by the bug. Um, that's no I, okay first of all like i say that let's call that a bug that's woof that's big but also that's that sounds like an expensive bug to fix yeah them. and it wouldn't cost you anything because it's their bad no, no, but, no, it's, but it's, that's it's, what i'm saying know. for them though like that's quite a slip yeah the people who can do the firmware update got by you know pretty well but the other hardware ones so that's bad um and but they fixed it and then they did this thing where they're like oh don't worry all of the ones manufactured after may don't have the bug anymore so now you're like, how in this modern age of ordering things online, how can I order something online and know that it was manufactured after May? You can't, right? So you're just, it's just rolling the dice. Uh, would, you, like, could, our, would you look, you can't like look up a, like a lot number. They have a serial, they would say like all serial numbers that start oh, okay. with 7,001. But again, when you're buying from Amazon, you don't get to see the serial number of the one you're buying. You just order it and you cross your fingers, <laughs> they right? They might just send you a photo of a TV. <laughs> yeah, like you're just lucky if you get yeah. the genuine article. Uh, exactly. Now, you know. it, might, it might be a, a doormat yeah. that looks like or, a TV. Or I could go to a physical store and, and say, can you make sure the one you get me at? But I'm not going to go to a physical store because COVID. Mm. So, and yeah. honestly, I wouldn't go anyways. <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. So so um, what I thought so last year is like, I would have bought this year because there were some TVs that I wanted to get. But if I can't get a receiver, then what the heck is the point? I don't want to buy one that doesn't support 4K 120 because my PlayStation supports that. And you know, anyway, so I said, I'll just wait until 2022 because in 2022, there'll be new TVs, which we'll talk about in a second, like the QD OLED. And also... Uh, the the manufacturers who had the screwed up HDMI 2.1 thing, they'll introduce all their new line of receivers. And now here's the model for 2022. And of course, all the ones for the new model in 2022 don't have the bug because we fixed the bug in April of last year. So of course, the 2022 models don't have it because, you know, and I'll just buy the 2022 model, right? Well, two things happened. One, CES came and went. And as far as I can tell, there are no 2022 models of any AV receiver. They just keep selling the 2021 models, which I don't understand. Can, can, can I, point of information, when you say receiver, I'm imagining in my head like, uh, oh God, I'm so old. Onkyo, Macintosh, uh, Fisher. Yeah. yeah so you, you're talking about when you, like the thing that you plug your RCA jacks into where you choose between radio, CD, uh, records. Cassette, yeah, it's, right? a, it's an ampl it's an amplifier. It can all your speakers connect to it with speaker wire, right? Right, right. Um, and people still and, get those. People still get yeah. those. 
Well, if you want to have lots of uh, inputs, like it's also functions as an HDMI switcher. Oh, I'm 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 not I'm not against it. Uh, it's just you would and you would prefer in the same way that uh, like like I think really like all your friends and me, I would prefer an Ethernet connection to a Wi-Fi connection. In this instance, like you don't want to take a chance on your putting up some home pods and having it just go south or whatever. Well, there's, I mean, I do have. Uh, you know, surround speakers and a subwoofer and everything. So I need something to connect them to that will drive them. And they just have speaker oh, okay. wire coming out of the back of them, right? I have a plain old like copper two two strand. Yeah, speaker I have wire. speaker okay. wire and speakers. And so I need a thing to drive them. And, you know, it also what acts need as to a, be as a, up to date. Oh, and that's that's so it can handle stuff like 5.1, 7.1 Atmos kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, all, all the different standards for, you know, all the uh, audio formats that can come I, on. Just treat me like an idiot, though. Why would your old receiver not be would not accommodate this new TV. What? So what televisions historically and even now don't have enough HDMI parts for me to cook up all my stuff. So instead what I do is I plug all of my various AV equipment into the HDMI ports on the back of the receiver. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I and mean, th- and yes that's, and yes, you'll never get enough HDMI cables going. And then me. there's one HDMI cord that goes from the receiver to the television. And the reason my receiver needs to understand 4K and the different, you know, high refresh rate or whatever is because if I hook up my PlayStation 5 to the receiver, it needs to be able to at least be able to pass through the 4K 120 hertz through the receiver, out the back of the receiver again and up to the TV. Right. So if I just have a receiver that can only do 1080, you know. Well, it would be nice if that all, boy, that's a lot to ask. I mean, you you would really have to said your prayers for a lot of years to have both those things be out and compatible and good. Well, no, like it, they should have, like the industry, like why would you have HDMI 2.1 if it's only on TVs but not on receivers? They tried to get them out at the same time. There was just this bug that somehow affected multiple manufacturers that screwed them up. And there are other ones mm. earlier that could pass okay. through 4K but not really support. Anyway, so that's so I need a receiver and an ATV. So the receiver thing is still unresolved because I it doesn't seem like anybody announced new receivers at CES. They just said, oh, yeah, we have receivers that support HDMI 2.1 without bugs. Everything manufactured after May of last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll have some other ones later this year. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that's the receiver. And then the TV, the Sony one is the only one that uses this fancy new panel uh, that I'm excited about. But as we've discussed on this program, yes, I'm interested in the, the television screen technology. All that other stuff, but I don't. I don't know why it always comes down to this one in my life slash on this show. But the real constraint is physical. I have. How can I fit this TV in the place where my TV goes? I don't have a good place to put my TV. It's one of my main criteria of looking at houses. If we like, we sometimes go to open houses as looky loos, like when they're in the neighborhood, just to mm-hmm. just to know, like see, see, what, see the world of possibility. I, I have to tell you, just in passing, I am. I, I first of all, I, I, based on what you described, it sounds like your constraints are very constrained. But also, I have a special sensitivity, as much as I like to laugh at these funny Sony things. I have a special sensitivity to furnishings that are too large or numerous for a room. In my opinion, you wouldn't know it to look at the way I keep house. But like, I've had friends who like made some dough and like bought bought nice furniture, but they bought like. Jonathan Swift's furniture, like jokey <laughs> furniture. You put jokey furniture in the front room of a house in the Castro, and like it really does. It looks like Peter Jackson produced your living room or directed your living room. You know what I mean? Like it, you don't. And in my case, like I feel like with our sixty-six inch LG, and I do have questions about LG in a minute. Um, our sixty-six 65. LG, sixty-five. Sorry. Um, yes, was it fifty-five and sixty-five? Are the, mm-hmm. the primary sizes okay? But our sixty-five, like. I John, I love our LG TV too much. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. And one of the reasons I love it, if I'm being honest, it's probably 12th on the list, is that if it was if it was a couple centimeters bigger diagonally, it would be too big. It's like it's I really feel like and I'm, I'm gonna change my mind about that in a few years. I don't want mm-hmm. a Brobdenagian lounge title. Mm-hmm. I I want it to I want it to make sense in the scale of the room. And you know what? We're watching it from less than 10 feet away. That's the other thing. People don't 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 go, you know, bone down on Artings, but Artings has a thing for this. Artings has a thing where you can say, like, do you really need a TV this big if you're watching it from this far away? I think it was very helpful to me. I guess what I'm saying is I'm incredibly sensitive to this, but I also think one's, let's just say one's family can be very sensitive to this. Like, you don't want a joke-sized TV. There's nothing sadder than, like, somebody sitting there watching an itchy and scratchy on, like, a like a 75-foot projection TV. Yeah, they, I mean, obviously you can go too far, but the the main problem in our area is that all these houses are old and they were not designed with television in You have mind. to put it in kind of like a corner, right? Is there a corner aspect yeah, to what you're doing? Like, like, say, like they say in The War of Stars, I don't think they had Wookiees in mind when they designed it, Chewie. I don't think anyone had televisions in mind when they designed these houses. Mm-hmm. And those floors, don't get me started on the floors. When we go to open houses or if my wife sends me one of those virtual walkthroughs, you go on a website and you can click from room to room. And like, oh, look at this $7 million house. Isn't it amazing? I always have the same question. Where the hell are you supposed to put the TV? Nobody cares about where the TV goes anymore. Or even <laughs> even in new construction, you know what people say? Oh, it goes well, put over, it over the, the fireplace. fireplace. Put it over the, the fireplace. Hell it does. It yeah, does you know what's go good? So either you just bought a house with a fireplace you're not going to use, or you are, forgive my saying, an idiot. That's insane. I would it's not too people high. a what's well, too high, but it's also like I would not put it's two to five thousand dollars worth of consumer electronics over an area that creates by design soot and flame. Uh, that's the least of the problems. It's like you said, oh, no one you actually don't think uses that thing's going to get all milk. No up. one actually uses the fireplaces. It, oh, it's just purely decorative. But but either way, it's it's just You're purely too decorative. High. So and it used to be it used to be that with when we were kids, televisions were like furniture, and you could basically put them anywhere you could put a piece of furniture, right? Uh, yeah, unless you got unless you got like a Zenith console. But if you got the TV that most people in my cast could afford, you had the kind of TV, even if it was color, that you would put on a like a TV cart, a rolly cart, and you might get like art. I mean, I don't even tell you. It's so embarrassing how we were we had very modest means. I had a I had basically a dorm room sized TV when I was growing mm-hmm. up. And but like even even people anybody who was even just a little bit fancy and maybe had a color TV. What, what are we talking about? Maybe twenty one inches. I didn't have that until I was have that until I was like middle school. I think my, our our black and white TV that I watch cartoons on must have been like what fifteen inches. <laughs> but it would but a TV of that size and form factor. It's ironic because like my monitor that I had in night uh, up through the late nineties was way bigger than any TV I'd ever owned. You know my Sony giant ass monitor that was mm-hmm. like it was like it really was like what what's the phrase you used recently a a solid a. Uh, rectangular solid mm-hmm. like if like if you if you saw just the screen you go oh, that's really cool my radius same deal uh you know the spinny kind uh but like the sony was so deep it was crazy deep it was really it was like something from minecraft and p- part of that meant that you could put like a, a crt television you had more options Mo- uh, part of the reason you had more options obviously because they're smaller but also because like whatever you put them on whether it was part of a piece of furniture or you put it on something they mm-hmm. tended to be either below the height of the window or just breaking into the window. But with modern televisions, they're so huge, you mm-hmm. can't really put one in front of a window because you're basically blocking the window. 
No. no. Oh, and it was that that's like I'm not a big feng shui kind of guy, but like the energy or the the way that would make the room feel would be weird to me. It would be like keeping your laundry hamper in the doorway. Yeah. And it's they're just they're just too big. Yeah, you could put yes. a CRT television, quote unquote, in front of a window because your windows would start around waist height and the TV would end somewhere around there, depending on what you put it on. Right. But you can't do that with these giant televisions. So windows are out. The next thing in my area is most of the houses around here that are old construction have radiators like, you know, either, you know, water, you know, not steam radiators, <laughs> but the, the kind of hot water going through them. hot <laughs> the, water radiators. The kind that you tie an old man to with the shoelaces. <laughs> exactly. Right. You can't really put a flat screen TV in front of a radiator. It's not good. That's where the heat is. Like, like think of like an entertainment site. You can't really block the radiators with it, right? Mm-hmm. Then you've got the fireplaces. All the houses around here have very large fireplaces. God, it's your two worst enemies, John. Heat and moisture, right? Yeah. That, you can't really put a flat screen TV in front of a fireplace. You can put it above a fireplace, which, as we established, is terrible because that's much too high and you'll crink your neck unless you get those reclining chairs and you're constantly looking up like you're at the planetarium. Mm. right and so usually in in houses in our neighborhood now you're out of walls there is literally no place for a tv because every wall has a window a fireplace on it or that's the wall where the couch goes yeah because you need you need to have seating that you can see the television with so it's like one of those it's like that that urinal puzzle that used to be on like where which urinal do you go to whatever like houses Mm -hmm. in our neighborhood essentially have no place for a television like that has seating across from it it's just impossible so my house is like that too and like i said new construction sometimes does it too because new construction is often made by people like very wealthy people who think oh we're not going to watch television this room will be beautifully designed by our interior decorator to be centered around the hearth and we'll gather around the no you won't you'll gather around the tv Mm-hmm. The, the whole house, the whole room should be designed around the television. And no, not like you a don't, home you theater don't room. A, you don't need a yoga room. You need two TV yeah. rooms. You, you know? don't. And like the people who have home theater rooms, like I respect that with like the big movie seats or whatever. Oh, yeah, but that, sure. That's not the one that you're going to sit in most of the time watching TV. You need another room that's for the everyday TV that's still. Anyway, so TV is a big part of my life, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And I'd have no place for it. The best I could do in my house, which I mostly like my house, the best I could do was, as you noted before, put my TV in a corner. And that's bad because I don't have enough width in the corner for a modern, not even a 55-inch television, like a piece of furniture. I don't have room in the corner for a piece of furniture that spans that width. Well, you, oh, you know what? You would necessarily be giving away so much space, right? Like what you can't you can't utilize the space behind the TV so but, much. But more importantly, I There's can't get a piece unless of, you want a diagonal couch. I can't get a piece of furniture mm-hmm. that goes in the corner that is wide enough to extend the full width of 55 inch television. Why? Because on one side of that corner is a window, on the other side of the corner is a radiator. I get it. <laughs> and so like I this I can't do it. So what I have is a piece of furniture that's shaped kind of like a wedge that fits about half of my 55-inch television. And then I have a 55-inch television with a central stand because they used to make them that way back in the day when they made TVs with central stands. And then my TV extends outward. The one corner of my television is over my radiator. Like if you drop a, <laughs> if you drop a plumb bob down from the corner of my television, it will hit <laughs> my radiator. The oh, other boy. corner of my, of my television is extending out over some of my game consoles and in fr- partially in front of the window that's on that wall. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. I need some way to get a television onto a piece of furniture that is not as wide as the television. Everybody else, including you, I look at their houses and I'm so jealous because they are they can have a piece of furniture that is the width of the television or wider. You should appreciate the I piece do. of furniture that you have 
that is wider than your television because I can't have that. Nowhere in my house can there be a piece of furniture wider than a 55-inch television for me to put it on. I, I know how sturdy that incredibly heavy stand and the TV itself are because, as I mentioned last time, I almost broke my TV <laughs> setting it up. It is very sturdy, it is, but it is very heavy, and we have it on an Ikea credenza. If I guess that's what you call it. But but no, I mean, I, I can't, knowing how you are and how I am, uh, I, I, you, you must not be happy with your current situation. You must I not think be happy. I, I think it's fine because I happen to have a TV with a central stand, but nobody makes that anymore. Everybody makes TVs that assume. So you tell know. people what you mean by a central stand as against I mean what? That, like that the, the thing that holds the television up holds it vertically so you can look at it. It's kind of like a computer monitor. It's like a stand that is directly in the middle of the TV, and the stand is not as wide as the TV. Oh, like my LG mon, like or rather, like yeah, like my LG monitor I'm looking at right now that Marco hates, mm -hmm. where there's a stand and a stick, and the stick makes it go up and down. But I do not need a stand that covers the whole width under the monitor. Right. That would not be cool. Yeah. Uh, now your LG one is close to that. The LG one you have now, the quote unquote stand is almost as wide as the whole TV. Mm. Not quite as wide, but it's almost as wide as the whole TV. That's like but a it third. doesn't matter because your piece mm. of furniture is so wide that you it, it is wider than a 65 inch television, right? But yeah. I don't have that, right? So I need a television <laughs> with a central stand, and it's, nobody makes them anymore. Seems like it seems like not that much to ask for. Right. Well, so, and, yeah. and I know like the solution to this is you can buy, like, you know how you can mount TVs on the wall, like when you put it above your fireplace where it shouldn't be, you can just buy a stand for your television, a third party stand that fits, will fit most televisions. Right. And those exist. And that's probably what I'm going to have to do. But you know how it pains me to have to buy a third party stand for my TV. A, it's more expensive and B, they're all ugly. And then you got to buy wheels. Mm -hmm. ugly. Yep. They're not nice looking. They don't match the TV. That's what I'm going to have to end up doing. But every, every year when new TVs come out, I hope it comes again. It says, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year the technology is going to be right. Oh, the QD OLEDs are out. That's really cool. Maybe this year they'll have a central stand. And this is why I wrote in the show notes that I think Sony hates me. Because if you look <laughs> at the the, uh, the document that I will link in the show notes, it is a PDF. It's a great, it's a great image. <laughs> showing what it shows is basically, it might as well be like copyright 2022 Sony Corporation, F you John Syracuse. Because it is a, a line drawing saying. But it's in, the, it's in the spirit of don't put your baby in this plastic box or don't put your, the famous, I think, BMW one of like, don't close your head in, in the electric mm -hmm. window. This really, this really does say F you, John. And like, it includes lightning bolts just to, to really it, underscore it. It, it is a, is it a wordless pictogram mm -hmm. with the left side of the check mark? It's like, it's like Goofus and Gallant. Check mark, <laughs> left side. You know, Gallant puts his television on a piece of furniture that is wider than the TV. Goofus <laughs> doesn't. And so the, the, the stand on the new Sony television that I want is absolutely the full width of the TV, edge to edge. And it sticks out from the TV, either frontwards or backwards, right? And you're not allowed to have it go over the edge at all. Right. And then the next picture, the one with uh -huh. X, it's got the buster on it and an X, buster slash X. Goofus puts his te Sony television on a, on a piece of furniture that is not as wide as the TV. And it shows the television basically like flailing and ejecting itself off of the thing with a starburst saying well, maybe goofus wicked lives in boston <laughs> see how see how the little feats that we put under our yeah. stand are not supported your whole tv is gonna go a tumbling 
Don't do you were, that. You were it's warned not about work. this. This is going to show up in a courtroom exhibit someday, <laughs> and they're going to say, um, "Mr. Syracuse, isn't it fair to say that you're somebody who reads manuals? Did you not see the Goofus and Gallant Busters under How Not yeah. to Do TV? Like we told you exactly told what you. would happen. We can't. Yes. Your, this television cannot be on a piece of furniture that is not as wide as the TV, despite the fact that this TV is like three millimeters wide and ha- like weighs nothing." Our TV is obscenely thin. It's it's a f- like crazy makingly thin. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Memberful. You can learn more about Memberful right now by going to memberful.com/diffs. Memberful is the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience, and it's used by some of the biggest content creators on the web. You can generate sustainable recurring income while diversifying your revenue stream. You might have heard us talking about the Relay FM membership program. I sure hope so. You can go and sign up and, and support us. We'd love that. But you know what? What you might not know is that Memberful is the platform that we use for that very program. Thank you, Memberful, and to you, the listener. Uh, they make it super easy to generate uh, some extra revenue and to deliver bonus content to our members. We love working with them. You know, there's a section here on personal experience, and as usual, I don't know what to say here except to say uh, it really works. I uh, I like making it and eating it. I we use Memberful here at Relay, but I also uh, several things where I spend money uh, work through Memberful. It's it's a dawdle to use, and, and I think you should check it out because everybody likes a revenue stream. If we're being honest, maybe you're already producing content, relying on advertising or other means of income. Memberful makes it easy to diversify that income with everything you need to run a membership program. This includes custom branding, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, thank you, free trials, private podcasts, and tons more, while leaving you with full control control and ownership of uh, everything that relates to your audience, your brand, and your membership. And you can now send paid newsletters directly through Memberful without needing to connect to a third-party email provider. That's a feather in their cap. You can even publish your paid newsletter content to a memberful-hosted members-only website. It's not just about email, you guys. No additional fee when you're signed up for Memberful's pro or premium plans. Plus, you'll save money compared to other popular-hosted newsletter platforms. So if you're a content creator, like your pal Merlin, you know, Memberful can help you monetize that passion. Monetize it. So get started right now for free. You go to memberful.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. No credit card will be required. Memberful.com slash diffs. I'm going to spell that M-E-M-B-E-R-F-U-L.com slash diffs. They can just have that. Go there. Just check it out. Memberful. It could be the start of something exciting. Our thanks to Memberful for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Oh, my God. This is so bad. We'll put the uh, link to this PDF, I guess, in notes. Yep. I don't know, I, I chuck a few more pictures into messages. So this stand that comes with the Sony, it also mm-hmm. has a reverse way where you can make the stand go backwards. Take oh, a look cool. at that picture. Oh, okay. So what we're looking at here is like an L shape, but imagine, so instead of the, so the, the TV appears to be leaning back three to five degrees yes. and there's a footy, a, a, a width of the TV footy. It's kind of cool looking in a photo. I don't think I would love this in, in yeah. person. This is a thing that Sony's done a few times. I don't, I aesthetically, this is not even an entertainment thing. Aesthetically, I don't like the TV being flush with the surface it's on. Well, that's, let's leave that for a second. But just the lean back thing that you mentioned before, 
I hate the lean back. I want it to be perfectly vertical because it's directly across from my eyeballs. Speaking I'm on the of couch. Plum, yeah, exactly. That's gonna. Like, you know, why, that's why gonna, is it? Th- if it's you gonna reflect line, your boob lights. Yeah. If you if you drew a perpendicular line from the center of this TV, it would go over my head on my couch because it's pointing upwards. What? Who are you showing yourself to? The, the people who are sitting above me on the couch? No, I'm on Maybe the couch. You have a my, loft. You have a loft. My eyes are down here. <laughs> so. So I so I do not want the Sony thing that leans back, but thankfully this Sony television also lets you put the stand the the stand quote unquote stand the giant foot, which is basically like if you imagine the TV just got longer and they bent it, it also lets you put the stand in the front, the foot in the front, and then it's vertical. But anyway, I can't use this stand at all for the reasons that we mentioned, for the reasons that the Goofus and Gallon thing show. Uh, I can't I can't put this on my thing, but this is the TV that I want probably. The other issue is they haven't announced pricing on this, and it may be like $8,000, in which case I'm not going to get it. But as you mentioned, the other thing about this TV is it is basically touching the thing you put it on. Like, the bottom of the screen is like millimeters from the surface that you put it on. And that's no good, because that means you have to creep it up to the edge. Because what if you're laying on the ground or something? Now you can't see... This is practical, but I don't think it's an edge case. What if you want to have a sound bar? Like, ours that Mm -hmm. is like a nice... nice LG TV with the, it's very aesthetic and in almost every way. I I love this TV, but like we can't have a sound bar uh, underneath it because I I am allergic to having a sound bar cover up any part. I paid for those pixels, John. I yeah, want to use no, every why pixel. Why would you want something blocking your TV? I see that all the time. I see people have televisions with stuff blocking the front. Now, here's the thing about oh, the, this, these television manufacturers are getting a little bit of a clue for their smaller quote unquote TVs. They have an optional stand that raises it up to allow a sound bar to appear there or to allow you to have a PC keyboard and mouse. Like they know that people want them to be lifted up, but not in this. This is their flagship model. And for the flagship model, they say, well, rich people don't have that problem because they don't have sound bars. They have surround sound. They, they have it installed by somebody over their fireplace or, yeah. you know, they put it in the what used to be the yoga room. Or, mm-hmm. or it's in one of those like rooms that where no one could actually live that we talked about last time. We looked at the Sony TV thing where it's just like a giant. Oh, that was so funny. Like how did where does the cord where does the cord go? Actually, you guys talked about that on ATP recently too. Like mm-hmm. when you see the what, what actually happens with the cord on things, like companies are not doing you favors by hiding that. They just they just remove the cords entirely from these photos. I mean, you well, see and the they shoot it in a way where it appears not to have a cord and uh, or cable. And so, like, I, I bad on us for not interrogating that further. But uh, if your aesthetic is heavily based on, for example, hey, this HomePod, it's just like the size, it's somewhere between a tennis ball and a softball, and it's beautiful, and it just sits on a table. Yeah, except for the cord. John, I used my I used my drill uh, to drill through an occasional table so that I could put the cord for a goddamn HomePod mini through the table, because I can't stand the aesthetic of the key, key charger, and the I don't want it going over an edge. It made me unhappy. I would, I would certainly... I. I if I, I will suffer a cable, but like maybe don't be too cute about it. And then with the wall wart, don't get me started. Yeah. And of course, behind my television entertainment center area is just like the land of the cables. I think I've sent you terrifying pictures of it before. It is. It's a giant mess back there. It's just a huge tangle of cables. But you've you've done a real like Joe Bluth kind of job where you've like you've done some amazing cabling and misdirection and hiding to the extent yes. possible. But it's still that, that's the other thing that I used to want from a stand. I was like before I, I realized that what I what I really needed to be wishing for was a central stand. I just assumed everyone would always have a central stand because they did for several decades and until they stopped. What I used to wish for was a central stand, but also a way to hide the cables because my current central stand is shaped like a V. And so I have to bundle the cables together, <laughs> split them into two pieces and mm-hmm. stick them to the edges of the V. So each one is hiding behind one leg of the V. So I can't see them. 
right? As opposed yeah. to if you just had a stand that was like... But you're, you're like a Warner Brothers character making yourself comically thin exactly, to hide behind yes. a pole. Yes. It's like, would it have killed you to make like a, you know, a, a, a 10 inch wide solid vertical stand like on the Pro Display XDR or something like that? And then I could put all the cables behind that instead of hiding them. Yes, it's totally like the cartoon character that contorts their body into the shape yeah. of a you know, ridiculous but, thing. But it's, it's, on the one hand, you say like, it, I mean, I don't know, this is, I'm going to speak out of my depth here, but, you know, I think it's... <laughs> I'm going to say something that everybody knows, which is good design is about more than the way something looks. But so the, our understanding of that becomes, well, yeah, it's also about, about how it works, how it feels to use. Is there, as your friend Marco likes to say, delight to using it? But it also, but then it does at some point wrap back around to the aesthetic component. And there's something double galling about something that's theoretically beautiful, but in practice becomes extremely unbeautiful. And if you have... Let's say you've actually done the thing that everybody wants and you made an you made a TV with correct working HDMI cable holes and there's eight of them or like okay, well most have four or five. You can usually gin up a fifth one on the back or whatever. If you know there's going to be five cables that need to support like 4K 8K stuff, that's not going to be like one of those little spindly HDMIs you've had sitting around for years. If you need the ones that Casey and I get that literally tear the thing out of the port because of the weight and fl uh, fling factor, where are those cables going to go? I guess you hire a guy to come out and put it over your fireplace so you can put the cables in a wall. That makes that it's bad design if you have not accounted for how this is actually, it's a very Don Norman kind of thing. You've made something that will be ugly because it will actually put a lie to the prettiness of the form factor and how it's put together if the way you use it in practice makes you look like a hillbilly. You know? Yeah, it, it really does amaze me. Like for, for years, the flat panel TVs would come with HDMI ports on the side and they'd be so close to the edge of the side. It's like, if you plug an HDMI cable in there, it's going to stick out past the side of your TV because you can't bend it to, I, you know. I, I like, got L brackets. Thick. I got a, yeah, a, a exactly. big, big I think pack I of those because of you. Because and you, you can still those see it. If you walk yeah. anywhere that's not looking directly at it, you still see, <laughs> right. like, it, it's like, it's like, you know, Harry Dean Stanton's opening up the engine on the, on the, uh, on the Nostromo. It's like, what is going on under there? What is happening? And, and you, and you have this vast canvas. You could have had these HDMI ports be anywhere and you decided to put them so close to the edge that they need to buy an L bracket. So, and still they poke out. And they've been better about that. Usually they recess them farther back now. And the reason they come out sideways instead of backwards is because they have to want to be able to wall mount them. Like I understand a lot of the reasons, but they just do so badly year after year of getting it not uh, quite right. How much would it cost to make all the HDMI ports a really good HDMI port? Because we end up with playing a, a tile puzzle game. Because, like, it's just, yeah. it's, only I'm sorry, it's really boring. There's only one that supports only HDMI 2.1. Yep. Yeah, but if I want to watch a 4K Blu-ray. That's why you need a receiver. That's why you need a receiver. Because you only, only one on the TV is a good You know what? One. You're probably right. You're probably right. Um, but if if I want to watch 4K Blu-rays, I need two HDMI cables. I got to make sure I get the right ones and then they go into the right port. Mm -hmm. And then there's other kinds of things where, like, oh, no, there's one special blessed, like your blessed system folder. There's one blessed port that will do the special things. Mm -hmm. But it's it's all it's all just so goddamn ugly. And I try I try so I learned in the last year uh, something I said to Alex not too long ago. There's a big I've learned much to my peril. Should go in the document that there's a big difference between being organized and being tidy. I'm fairly organized and totally not tidy. So my adventures in organization sometimes end up creating more ugliness and mess than what I started with. And like, you know, I, I, I stopped myself before saying, well, John, why don't you just get one of those zip up cable bags that you can put around it? You can hang that off the back of your TV. I know that would not be what you'd prefer. I mean, I would, I would need, I would need a contractor bag. <laughs> 
<laughs> really? I, I don't, I, I'll, I don't I'll feel like I'm doing anything extraordinary. I mean, there are a lot of single men who work for Facebook that probably have a much more complicated setup than I do. And I still find it kind of onerous. Now, one, th- now, one of the things I got to give credit to LG. Oh, and you got to tell me about the LG manufacturing thing because that's so bananas to me. Um, for example, I, a nice change over the two years between TVs or three years or whatever it was is our LG it now has smarts. Well, it's got the dumb smarts, the hateful smarts that I turn off, like everything AI that sends information, shut all that off. But it is smart. If you have an Apple TV straight out of the box, you got the right cable, you plug it in, it'll say Apple, it'll say like something like, it'll pop up as a, you know, on your LG, through the LG interface, it'll say Apple device now available or, you know, PlayStation now available or whatever. Like it grocks that that was a Nintendo Switch that you just plugged in, which I think is cool because... It's neat that I don't have to worry about changing that and typing in with the soft keys what what this port or what this hole is for. But it's also neat because if it has a built-in functionality that works with their pretty good remote, and it is a pretty good remote, it's no TiVo remote, but it's a good remote, um, all of that will automatically be available on your remote. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if it knows that's Apple TV, it'll understand when it's using the Apple TV it's recognized that that's an Apple TV, and now it'll do Apple TV-ish things with the mo- most intuitive button. So yeah. I think stuff like that's pretty brilliant. Yeah, the Sony TV also has a has a mode where like it detects when you plug into PlayStation, which is also by Sony, and it was like, I'll adjust myself to be correct for the PlayStation. Unfortunately, there's so many options in these things mm-hmm. that the way the Sony television thinks you should use your Sony PlayStation is maybe not the way that most people want to do it. But anyway, it is much better that at least these things recognize what's being plugged. Who made the panel for the Sony TV, John? Yeah, so that's that's the weird thing about (laughs) TVs. Like, people may not realize because, like, oh, flat panel TVs, who cares, right? The the ones that everyone buys. Well, there's a lot of choice. You can get Panasonic, you can get a Sony. You can't Uh, get Panasonics anymore. Did you know that Panasonic stopped selling TVs Oh, yeah, I thought you mentioned them specifically on ATP. The Panasonic makes makes great TVs. They just don't sell them in the U.S. anymore, which kind of annoys right. me because they they would be options. But but you you for, taught me something I did not know. Yeah, for the for the high end of television, high end of television has been OLED organic light emitting diode for many many years now, and the only manufacturer of flat panels for high end OLED televisions for many years has been LG, uh, and everyone else who has an OLED television, Panasonic, Sony. Uh, uh, LG itself, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I'm forgetting some other brands, probably. Oh, uh, Sharp. Uh, anyway. This has been going all, on for years, you're telling me. Yeah, they all use LG panels. They always have. This is, LG is literally the only company in the world that makes WRGB OLED suitable for televisions in 55 and 65 inch sizes. So we've all been using LG panels. LG is a huge company. I, they make tons of stuff. And the panels, they're buying the panels from a sub company of the larger LG umbrella company called LG Display. Is that a, is a South Korean company? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, LG Display. And LG Display makes displays and they sell them to other people. It's kind of like we, we know this from the world of iPhones. Remember when we we're getting iPhones? Like, does your iPhone have the Samsung display or the LG display? Like, oh, in all wow. of our, in, in oh. our, in our MacBook Pros and in our iPads and in our phones, those are all displays from various manufacturers. Often are their competitors to Apple in the phone space. Well, I mean, but Sam- Samsung, Samsung's pretty big in TVs, right? Right. Samsung also makes displays and so does LG and so do a bunch of other people. Anyway, LG was the only company because they invested a huge amount of money in the factories to make these things economically and everyone just bought their panels from LG, right? So this year... Uh, like every year people invest these billions of dollars or not every year, but like they, on, on five-year timelines, they invest billions of dollars into whatever they think is going to be the next new display technology. And so OLED was the next one for high-end TVs. After that, uh, it was probably going to be QD OLED, which stands from quantum dot OLED, which is a fancier version of OLED. 
who's going to build quantum dot OLED screens? LG couldn't do it in their existing factories because it's totally different than what they've been manufacturing. So someone's got to put some money in it. And it turns out about like five years ago, Samsung put $11 billion into a factory to make QD OLED screens. Oh, wow. $11 That's billion. Dollars. That's the price wow. of entry to hope that they can eventually manufacture QD OLED panels economically enough that they'd be put in TVs because they have the potential to be better. Can you imagine what millennials are doing to them? Woof. Yeah. All those people as my curlies that, that watch TV on a laptop in bed. Oof. Yeah. And so well, that's all, uh, they better hope it's going to, isn't that going to be a little bit like in the eighties and nineties when they're building out all the fiber for phone networks. And it's like, boy, you better hope you can recoup that cost. Yeah. Well, it's, it's always kind of speculative of like what the next new display technology, they did the same thing where they made plasmas. Like someone's got to invest the money to build a factory to make plasmas. I mean, you first start doing that. You're not sure you can even make them cheap enough to be in TVs or just for fancy rich people TVs, but you're going to put in so much money anyway. So Samsung did that like five years ago or whatever. Uh, and now they have released their first QD OLED panel, uh, but it's not in a Samsung TV because the Samsung display company that makes these screens and sells them to Apple and all, you know, whatever is different from the Samsung that sells televisions and the Samsung part of Samsung that sells that sounds televisions. sounds like a re rejected bit from the Simpsons. Yeah, they don't, the Samsung television people are interested in a different technology, which is like a dynamic backlight quantum dot LCD uh, with an LED backlight, which is different than OLED. It's it's complicated, but Samsung is not yet ready to put a QD OLED screen. Even though the, the quote, quote unquote same company makes the panel, Samsung has no QD OLED TVs, right? <laughs> okay. Samsung doesn't have any OLED TVs at all. That, I, that, that should, I feel like off the dome, uh, and there's a reason I'm not in the corner office, that feels like something that should be making someone at Samsung ang angry. I'm not sure I mean, who. I mean, maybe, but like, you know what it's like, like the, if, for like LG Display and the whatever the subsidiary that makes the panels at Samsung, the, the job of those sections of the companies is to sell their display to as many people as possible. LG Display gets a big thumbs up from all the executives because they sell to Panasonic, they sell to LG television makers, they sell to Sony, they, they sell to Sharp. Like, that's good. That's what you want to do is sell to everybody, right? They, you don't want people saying, I'm not going to buy your thing because you compete with us. And, and they would say, we don't compete with you. We just make displays. We want everyone to buy our displays because we're a part maker. We sell you this part. And then you take this part and you make a TV out of it. Add your special sauce. Add your own processor. Add your own screen coding. Like, do whatever you want to do, right? Yeah. And hmm. those people get bonuses when they sell lots of displays. And yes, it is embarrassing that the quote unquote same company that's making TVs over there doesn't want your displays and you would think they could get together and figure that out. But those people who are making the TVs say we only get bonuses if we make TVs that lots of people buy. And then they say, well, QD OLED is too expensive. Now. And they're, they must and they're huge. They're huge. I mean, I was about to say something dumb, which is I can't imagine something like that happening at Apple. But without regard to like how much money Apple makes, they're not as quote unquote big a company as Samsung, right? I mean, Samsung's like massive yeah. massively bigger and, than and apple, and apple right? tends not to make parts like it's not like one part mm -hmm. of the company made like the m1 chip and tried to sell it to as many pc makers as possible and then the mac and the mac people refused to do it well, i mean it would just be it would feel very android to say like all of our devices and services and they all use uh like i saw a dust up on the shovel blogs today about something having to do with google and messages mm -hmm. rcs whatever that means but mm -hmm. uh I, I mean it would it seems like it would almost be like well iMessages or whatever it's called this week is available everywhere except on max and that's where we use this different thing which i guess could be true also depending on like the code base and stuff the you know there were there two competing ideas for how the iphone would start this the forestall one versus the 
guy with the French name one. Yeah, but the Apple is going to be the customer of both of them. But it's like I said, it's like it's yeah. more like if, if Apple made the M1 chip and tried mm-hmm. to sell it to Dell and you know HP and Lenovo and and then they also kept, tried to but sell kept it. using it, kept using Intel in their own stock. Right, but then yeah, the, the Max at Apple said, well, we're not going to use the M1. We're gonna we're gonna stick with Intel for now. And it would be like, what? You know, but, but Apple is not in that business. Like, they're, they don't have a chip subsidiary that is right. judged based on how many chips it sells to other people. Apple does not sell its stuff to other people. It just uses it internally. But uh, LG and Samsung aren't like that, and which is a good thing because, like I said, many Apple products have had LG and Samsung displays in them for many, many years. We don't know what which, you know, like pick a laptop from your your stack of Mac laptops. Do you know who makes the panel, the display panel? Totally no, we do not. Absolutely not. But it's probably LG or Samsung in the last few years. But we don't know or care because Apple just sources that part. And Apple does not make any panels, right? So they have to buy them from someone. Oh, they sure don't. No. <laughs> Look at what I'm using. I sent you a photo, by the way. That's well, not a third. It, that's, not, that's, not, that's not the full width. That's... It's a very small amount. I sent you a picture of my stand. Yeah, I'm wondering if Apple, like, if Apple would say that they make the display in the Pro Display XDR, or if they source the panel and then make the backlight. I'm not sure. But isn't that like that. me saying that Netflix made Dairy Girls? Yeah, Netflix I, I know bought it, yeah. Dairy Girls. I don't think that because they get to buy, slap their production when, logo when on there. When you buy but, a panel, it's like one piece thing that goes into your laptop, and it's like a unit, right? And Apple doesn't do anything except for essentially stick it and maybe calibrate it, right? But but the XDR has a bunch of weird crap in the back, so I'm not sure. Do you like yours? Are you still enjoying it? Are you still enjoying your XDR? I am. I am enjoying it. It's, it's very nice. Yeah. I mean, really, but like it still feels, you know, the classic old school one of like, oh my gosh, I just doubled. I just went from four megs to eight megs of RAM in my Mac, or I got an SSD drive for my Mac and it feels different. Like, but then of course, after a week, maybe you don't notice as much. I have to say the M1 thing, still everything M1 still feels very fast to me. Um, but you still, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to jazz you here. Like you, you still like that monitor, right? Well, I, what happens is you do rapidly get used to it, but now I can't go back to anything smaller ever. So now I'm I'm stuck, right? Because if I go back to something smaller, yeah. I'll suddenly feel constrained, right? Because I'm just the, used the, to this the now. size. What's I don't know what size this is. It's big. It's the LG Ultra, whatever one. Um, the Marco hates, and I like. Um, oh boy, it, well, for the slack though. Oh, oh, USB C things just fall right out of the back. It doesn't even take like a <laughs> stiff breeze. It's comical. I so I'll be using my computer. And then the screen goes black. So obviously the first thing I do, I hit my touchpad. If it clicks, I know the computer's still on. It comes back, and the first thing I see are notifications that three different SSDs were ejected uh, incorrectly. <laughs> it's like, God, you guys, how hard is it? I know USB-C is complicated from like a guts standpoint, but getting the size of the hole right shouldn't be this difficult. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. I wish I, I want a monitor. Yeah, you might get one someday. We'll see. Someday. Um, what's the uh, what's the short term plan for you? Well, so I, uh, right now I'm waiting around to see what the price of this. The, oh, I didn't oh, finish, course, the, I didn't finish the panel story. So oh, Sony sorry, isn't. Sorry. Okay. Uh, uh, Samsung isn't using the the QD OLED panel, but Sony is. Sony is the only company that is using the Samsung panel in its television. So Sony is the only company that has a QD OLED TV this year. Um, nobody else does. LG doesn't. Samsung doesn't. Panasonic doesn't. I think they're Sony's the only one. Um, and so that's the TV I'm looking at, but Sony did not announce pricing. And one of the things with QD OLED is that it's been some scary possibilities of how expensive it might be, especially for the very first QD OLED TV. So if it turns out that the Sony TV, oh yeah, we made a QD OLED, but it's $8,000. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that, um, which is a shame, but you know, what can you do? But if I pass on it, what I might do might is quickly buy last year's best good Sony television that was just plain old OLED with an LG panel in it. 
because that is that's the television I almost bought, except for the AV receiver issue. Oh, oh and, and you don't have the stand issue, maybe? Oh, no, it still has a stand issue. It's a totally different stand issue. It's still crap. Mm. Yes, it's still. I'm just saying like every year there's a possibility that people won't make a stand that, that thwarts my whole deal. So if this ends up being you, you pulled out eight thousand dollars. This ends up costing twice as much as you'd consider for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. Then maybe if you get the 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 more recent or older the previous, one, the previous one. And the reason I would want the previous one is a recent technology that Sony introduced last year um, is a heat sink behind the OLED that helps with image retention because it lets the, the pixels cool off quicker after it like lets you them, put, lets them breathe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. If, like if you put a big white square on a black screen and you leave it there for fifteen minutes and then you turn off the white square you see the after image of it that is image retention how long does it take that after image to fade if you left it that white square on it for three days that image may never fade but if you leave it on for five minutes <laughs> it might take 20 seconds to fade but with the heat MS- sink, it msnbc fades. msnbc yeah. it was fried into the tv and that's heat sink it it uh it fights image retention and it lets the image so uh sony put a heat sink into their high-end tv last year plain old lg oled but their top end one that has a heat sink in it this year, the only one that has a heat sink is the QD OLED. And their regular OLED TVs don't have a heat sink. So if I want a regular OLED with a heat sink, hmm. I have to buy last year's model. Is that in um in your budget for price features and standability? The the stand is garbage. I'm gonna have to buy a third party stand no matter what I get. So forget about the stand. So the All stand's right. gonna come in the box. And I'm gonna throw it away because it's dead to me. The, the stand, the one last year we looked at it before. The stand, the one last year is literally feet that are on the very. They're, they're the feet are wider than the TV. They're on the very but, outside. But it doesn't corners. have a it doesn't have a, a power cable, John. And you put it anywhere in your giant room. Yeah, you, don't you remember looking at it? The one with the feet that are like I'm literally on the corners. I remember when we looked at Sony photos of ridiculous TVs in the middle of what looked like a ski lodge. With no source of power that could be detected. That's what I remember. Yep. That's the TV I'm talking about. Here, I'll, I'll find the picture. It's uh, Well, you can Google for it. Sony, Sony A90J. Huh. A90J. Okay. Uh, if you just look at the A90J and look, what, let's, what does a stand look like on an A90J? Go look at it. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to get a refresher here. Oh. <laughs> Do you think that's good for a piece uh, of furniture that's not as wide as uh, the TV? Ah. Uh, no, because there's no stand until the ends. But yeah, it's just, it's... Yeah, it looks terrible. like a hastily constructed bridge. We were like, is this what a bridge work looks like? And, and, yeah, I, think and so. I want to reiterate, that, again, this television is like a centimeter off the ground. If that television is not at the very edge of the piece of furniture you put it on, which it shouldn't oh, no, be because no. then it could fall over. No. If you're laying on the ground, if, if you're like laying on the ground doing yoga, you can't see the bottom five I, I think I can. I think I can probably nail this pretty quick. Uh, if anybody here has ever used or owned either an ironing board or a stand uh, for a Yamaha keyboard. Think about that X look of it. And then you got the two perpendicular feet that are at the very end. It's like that, but for your TV. Yeah. And it does, it does have, it has two different positions. One is even worse than the other, but they're both incompatible with me or my furniture or New England. <laughs>